0: I uh, sometimes like to get my studies or devotions it's sort of in a line, in, in a sequence, uh, along a common theme, but I, I was kind of interrupted this time around with uh, Gary's funeral, and and what, what I want to share with you today has to relate to that, and it's, I've called it, building Building your legacy bigger than your biography. And, um, you know, legacy comes from the same root as legend. And I've had described to me in the past, a few fellows said, Dave, see that guy over there? He's a legend in his own mind. And, you know, I guess they really thought of themselves as being something when really they weren't quite so much. But um, building your legacy built bigger than your legend building your legend, bigger than your le- legacy, uh, bigger than your biography. What goes on after you? What do people remember? Uh, being at Gary's funeral, now, th- there's, there's always a measure of pain associated with the separation that death causes um, for, for anyone, believer, non-believer, th- death causes a separation and there's a measure of pain associated with that. Now, that being aside, I would much rather attend the funeral of a believer because I know that the separation is not forever you know, there will be a restoration one day when we will be restored in fellowship with that believer who has passed away and and so that part of Gary 's funeral was an encouragement to me um, there are a number of people from scripture I want to You to consider, and I'm not going to look for for time's sake. We're not going to read about each one. There's one that we will read about from Matthew 7. But I want you to consider these people and the legacy. They they compare their legacy, what we remember of them, to their biography, what the facts we know about their life. Okay, Ruth the Moabitess. About her life. We, we know that she was a Moabitess. We, we do know a lot about her legacy, how she came to um, faith in Jehovah and how that she loved her mother-in-law and how that all these things strung together led her to a place where she fell into the lineage of our Savior. And then there's there, there's Rahab. What, what do we know about her biography? Uh, a little bit about her line of work, that, that a really short period of time, but her legacy that she left behind, one of, of faith and, and belief. Somehow or another, pardon me, she, uh, I, I didn't have my sufficient amount of tea this morning, and so my throat's a little bit dry. I, I do like a morning cup of tea. Um, but Rahab, there, there's another woman who somehow or another, she came to faith in Jehovah. And it seems like she had more faith in Jehovah than some of the Israelites of that very same time. You know, when, when you consider the way they acted at Ai, which was just a, a very short piece of time beyond Jericho. Um, but she came to faith in Jehovah and she because she saved her family and and we have a wonderful legacy associated with Rahab. And then there's, um, I don't know if her name is even given. Maybe you can help me out here. The, The Jewish maid who was a servant to Naaman. Is her name given? I'm not all we know is she was a young maiden, and and uh, as a, she was taken captive and served Naaman the. I guess he would be like the commander in chief of the Syrian army. And and it was through her faith and belief in Jehovah and the God of Elijah that, that uh, Naaman came to be healed from leprosy. And and so through this young maiden, we learned something about faith. Don't even know her name. And then, um, again, I don't know if her name's ever given, the woman at the well that Jesus encountered. He said, I must needs go through Samaria. And it, it was a place that, you know, Jewish people would go around, not through um, there were times when, especially when I lived in Maryland, and if I had to travel to I lived kind of south and east of Baltimore a little ways, or mainly south, and if I had to go to some place up Northwest, there are parts of Baltimore that I would go around I wouldn't go through. Well, that's the way Samaria was to a Jewish man. Jesus said, "I must needs go through Samaria." He encountered. This woman, at the, a Samaritan woman at the well, and had a conversation with her. And it's, we don't know a whole lot about her background. What we do know about her biography is that it was very jaded, what little we do know. But from her encounter with Christ, the legacy that she leaves behind, again, it's, it's one of faith and belief. And then, uh, if you'll turn with me to uh, Romans to Matthew chapter seven, we're going to read about a Roman. Let me see if I can. Matthew seven, and I think, see, I'm sorry, it's Matthew chapter eight, beginning at verse five. Matthew eight five. When he entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, Lord. My servant is lying at home, paralyzed, in terrible agony. I will come and heal him, he told him. Lord, the centurion replied, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof, but only say the word and my servant will be cured, for I too am a man under authority, having soldiers under my command. I say to one go, and he goes. To another come, and he comes. And to my slave, do this, and he does it. Hearing this, Jesus was amazed. Now, now you have to get this picture. And I, I really like this story so much, I guess, because once upon a time, I was sort of in the place of that Roman and I didn't have 100 men under me. I had 70, 76 Marines and, and uh, 102 trucks and equipment that I personally was signed for. And so I was sort of in this man's place and I can identify with him. Um, but now, now get this picture, the Lord in whom we are to have faith, the object of our faith, where we place our faith and trust. He is the one saying, I have not seen such great faith. Um, see, that's in verse 10. Hearing this, Jesus Jesus was amazed and said to those following him, I assure you, I have not found anyone in Israel with so great faith. I tell you that many will come from east and west and recline at the table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the sons of the kingdom will be thrown into outer darkness that there are many Jewish people who would not believe. There are others, Gentiles, this this Roman centurion, once again, we don't even know his name, but oh, the wonderful legacy of faith in Jesus Christ that he leaves behind that we can follow. It's a beautiful, wonderful example. And so with these people in mind, most of them, we don't even know their name. That they've left a legacy of faith, of, of leading others to hope and salvation and, uh, and restoration, they, they leave behind a wonderful legacy of belief. What kind of legacy are you leaving? Is your legacy going to be bigger than your biography? And I say that because occasionally I read the obituaries to see if there's anyone I know there or whatever. And and some of the obituaries, I, I, I just have to shake my head. They'll say things like, "He he was an avid watcher of, of Bonanza. He loved to watch uh, reruns of um, of, of what of McHale's Navy, where he loved to sit and watch this." And I, I think there was people. Is this the best that you can come up with from this man's life? He liked watching a. Rerun of a television of a Hollywood episode? And and I kind of cringe at the thought, if anyone were to write that about me, um, there was a time when I was working night shift. I would come home from work, and I would put in the DVD player. I would put in either a MASH episode or a Andy Griffith episode. And it wasn't for entertainment. (laughs) It was 10 minutes in the... I would oftentimes have trouble sleeping during the trying to fall asleep during the day when I was working night shifts. If I would plug in one of those episodes and turn it on, 10 minutes into it, I would sound asleep. If that is not what the Hollywood producers want to hear. Okay. So please don't ever write about me. I loved watching those. I didn't love watching them. I loved it because they put me to sleep. But friends, what kind of legacy are you living? Are you leaving Hopefully, it's one of faith and one that points others to the cross of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so very much that you've given us the opportunity to gather here as brothers and sisters in Christ to uh, fellowship with one another and to learn and to study your word. We ask, Lord Jesus, that you would apply your word to our hearts and help us to live by it. We pray this in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, amen.